anyway, what was the story about? No, we were playing a private party. It was a Fourth of July gig. I think it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Can't remember when. But we were playing on this back patio, and there's a a few people back there for this private party, and we have some woman come out come up on stage, and she is shit faced. Super nice, even before she got blackout drunk. Yeah. But somehow she had managed to crawl through this like foot wide space between the bass amp and my drum set. Mm-hmm. And I see her out of the blue pop up out of nowhere and she falls on me. Like I'm actually holding her up with one arm and one leg and she is just slumped over like ah. The guitar player, bass player, and the singer are just dying. Of laughter. Oh, Oh, I mean, there's people goodness. with cameras out just cracking up. I'm like, you, I mean, granted, I was laughing too, but I'm like, yeah. you've got to be kidding my luck. <laughs> oh, yes, drunk people. <laughs> oh, yes, drunk people. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Soundtracks of Our Lives. If you don't know by now, my name is Ryan Martins, coming to you from Chicago. And today with me, I have a fellow rocker, Will Wyatt. What's up, everybody? Oh, my God. I'm very excited for this episode. So, we met about almost a year and a half ago. And... So I know you really well. I've recorded with you a couple times as well. Mm-hmm. But just give the listeners some kind of background, some introduction on yourself. So for me, I'm multi-instrumentalist, primarily a drummer, a singer, but I also do percussion and harmonica. I've been playing about 17 years and just kind of played around with multiple different bands, anything ranging from blues rock bands to death metal r&b jazz country i know that one makes sense (laughs) but it's been able to been very fortunate to do a lot of cool things yeah he's going to columbia as well um he's an audio production major this is his last semester he's graduating in may oh sorry (laughs) yeah no this is his last semester so See, this, I, I love this because I could have you on this kind of as your last hurrah with me before you like, go off and do your own stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Find a large box. I mean, yes, move on to bigger <laughs> and better things. Wow. All right. So, like I said, we met. We It was a really funny story about how we <laughs> met. I remember because I think the first time I actually met you was... At Devil Dogs, about a block from where we lived, mm-hmm. because you were by my now roommate Matt, your then roommate Matt, a milkshake because he walked in on you in your shared bedroom. 
<laughs> um, let's just say it was not a sight to behold. <laughs> yeah? There was a hat on the door. He should have knocked. <laughs> he should have knocked. But yeah, no, that was the first time I met you. You were buying that a milkshake. And because I scarred him for life. Yeah. And Ethan and I were just like, hey. And I was like, who's that guy Will's, like Matt's hanging out with? And then you introduce yourself. You're like, I'm Will. And then, you know, we just went from there. I recorded stuff with you for mm-hmm. like some of your projects. You recorded shit from my projects too. Like we've just had this rapport of, you know, just like collaborative mm-hmm. like things going on between us. And it was really cool. Like I really had fun with a lot of that stuff. It was just super cool. So this is the soundtracks of our lives. And what I'm going to ask you to do right now is take me back in time, you know, set the scene, paint a picture of your earliest music memories as a kid growing up, how music influenced your life or impacted your life up to, you know, what you're doing now, which is literally gigging every weekend. I want to get into that backstory, into that origin story. So go for it. Shoot. For me, I was always in the music. Like when I was a little kid, just like any other, I guess, young drummer that started out, I was always beating on random shit around the house. Mm-hmm. I had a finger tinker toy, so I'd beat on the metal lid, a cardboard box. I would even like tap on the walls, the baseboards and stuff. I got a drum set when I was five. And pretty much the only thing I was into was like 80s hair band, glam rock stuff, metal bands. Like I was always big into um, Poison, Ozzy Osbourne, Motley Crue, Led Zeppelin, Dio. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like one of the, I think one of the first drum beats I learned was from a Quiet Riot song. But I would play that, kind of play some like CDs and a CD player. Yeah. And even at the time, like, I didn't really see any YouTube videos and all that stuff. So, like, I would play on the floor, Tom and Snare, looked at yeah. the kick drum, I'm like, you know, that's probably useless. <laughs> you're like, what really... is that? And then you're like, let's use it. <clears throat> right? I didn't figure it out until I was about um, 10. I met my dad's biological father, who's a drummer, mm-hmm. but he had taught me just a basic beat, just a, you know, kick, snare, kick, snare. Yeah. And it's kind of took off from there, especially. I got my first band at about 13, mm-hmm. and it was classic rock, pop, but we did stuff from like Joan Jett, Adele, yeah. which I was very thrilled about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, I think um, the memory that, I mean, really sticks with me and what got me into this, Yeah, my uh, middle school had this lip sync competition. And they wanted a live band to kind of help segue in between some of the songs yeah. that these people would lip sync to. Right. But one of the songs we did, and it was, I think the second to the last song, was a song, Barracuda. And they had me do a drum solo on it. Yeah. But, and granted, like, anytime I do solos now, I mean, there's so many things that are just a blur. That, I remember every single second of it. I remember I started the drum solo and just kind of did, like, the normal, like, triplet 80s rock lick mm-hmm. or rock lick in general yeah and i remember hearing from left or right just the crowd go nuts because it was my middle school was probably like a thousand people so mm-hmm. it was it was loud yeah yeah but i mean that was such a thrill and 99 <laughs> percent of that what got me into music was that moment and the one percent the girl i was dating that runs across and jumps on me i'm like yep <laughs> that's it I like this that's why you're like I'm gonna continue with music <laughs> but no oh, it was man. it was insane yeah 
I mean, that's a very fond memory. Absolutely. Um, when I went into high school, I really kind of broadened my horizons, got into so many, so many things with music. Like I remember, um, I was in marching band. I remember walking into our, um, kind of our little storage area where we had all those percussion things. Yeah. But there was such a variety of instruments, which I mean, granted I was 13, but there were so many things I didn't see and so many things that we'd use. And I'm like, I mean, it just fascinated me. And I started to get into stuff that wasn't just rock. So, I mean, R&B, funk, like Michael Jackson to Commodores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the people I really love is Bruno Mars, oddly enough, which wow. I know makes total sense. Oh, he's a kick-ass musician. He is I mean, so good. He can play so many so things. Good. He can dance one thing that I am way too white to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you grew up on that rock, mm-hmm. 80s hair metal. Oh, yeah. All that kind of stuff. It's what my dad always listened to, mm-hmm. even mom. But yeah. it was, I mean, that's pretty much what I listen to today still. I mean, it's still good mm-hmm. music. Yeah. And what did you say? They were like your primary influences yep. for the, that um, kind of music? The two drummers that I was into, first, which I could name easily, is Tommy Lee. Yeah. Um, the second one, I didn't find out his name till a few years later. But um, drummer for Ozzy Osbourne, Lita Ford, um, Randy Costello. Okay. So I remember um, like the intro to Over the Mountain, that really cool triplet lick. Mm-hmm. But hearing some of his stuff, I'm like, man, that's badass. <laughs> Love it. I mean, all the moves and the playing, it was just really aggressive, and that was stuff yeah. I was into. Absolutely. And with broadening up my horizons, I remember watching YouTube and getting into some of the um, Gospel Chop guys. Mm-hmm. I think the first video I ever saw... It was on a Gospel Chop special, mm-hmm. and it was, I think the video was um, Fig and Boswell were these two drummers. Okay, yeah. But it was one of the scenes from them, and they were just doing so many things, and I'm like, you can do that? Like, I mean, it sounds dumb, but like they were, you know, like, playing licks all over the place, but using every piece of the drum set. Right. I'm like, wow. And that really just opened up a landscape for me, and bouncing off of that, I mean, getting into Latin and stuff, doing all these different bands in high school, marching band, yeah, both jazz ensembles, the wind, wind ensemble, which was their advanced ensemble. I really mm-hmm. got such a good, large grouping of all these different styles. Right. You were exposed to so many different mm-hmm. beats, so many different styles of music than what you grew up with. And mm-hmm. That was a big thing between school and YouTube, and I started, um, I started doing gigs at 13, Mm-hmm. But my parents were sneaking sneaking me into the bars that I could get into at like 13. I remember doing all these jam nights, and I've done jam nights forever. And I think yeah. any musician coming up, it's, it's a great thing to do. Right. I mean, not only do you get such a wide taste of music because everyone comes from a different background. Yeah. But I think what you don't learn in some musical situations is to learn that shit isn't always going to go right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you deal with a drunk guy running up on stage. I mean, just goofy stuff like that but it's it's a great experience i mean you just kind of see what you don't want to become you get a good musical palette to choose from absolutely i mean even with that different musical palette like just playing on stage too yes it's the most exhilarating i got over stage fright real quick (laughs) same i mean same pretty much live on it at this point it's yeah you're making a living job so it's all yeah thank god (laughs) I love that. So apart from your parents, then, were there any other influences from, you know, external sources? So, like, other drummers you listened to or other artists you played with that influenced those certain styles of music to 
like immerse yourself around? Drummers were really kind of gave me such a good variety because, like I said, I was in the Randy Costello, Tommy yeah. Lee, but um, dudes like I don't know if you consider him a progressive drummer, but like Thomas Lang, mm-hmm. some of these gospel chops dudes like Eric Moore, Tony Royster, yeah, and even like Buddy Rich, um, Mitch Mitchell. Right, drummer for Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, kind of oddball stuff. I never really got into. And for drummers listening to this, please don't have a heart attack because mad respect for him. But I never really was like die hard into like John Bonham right. and Neil Peart. Like I just kind of like the oddballs, and especially yeah. with some of these gospel chop guys. Like the thing I gravitated towards was just these crazy, I guess, elite, just highly skilled players. I mean. Mm-hmm. That could do all these chops, have great groove, and just be such a well-rounded musician. But they made it look so easy. And even seeing, like, guitar players, granted, that's kind of an influence for me. But seeing these dudes that can throw their guitar all around and do all these crazy things, I mean, it's just fucking awesome. It is. It's it's super cool. Like, I kind of wanted to go for that outlandish, crazy thing. Yeah. And my point of view with it was... I mean, look at the best guy that people go, oh, I'm just going to burn my guitar, or, you know, I'm just going to sell my drums. It's like, there's no reason to. Yeah. I'd better go for that and be semi-decent mm-hmm. than settle for something low and not even hit that point. Right. And then, um, actually, the other thing that really kind of helped me musically, Yeah. two other things, actually. Um, I was involved in this ISMA competition that Indiana has, and that's between right. like their middle schools and high schools. Like for any melodic instrument, you have to like know your scales and you play a required piece. Right. In my case, I did marching snare and drum set, so you have to know okay. styles, rudiments, and of course, uh, required solo. Yes. But I don't know if you'd even consider. I kind of was mistaken at first, mm-hmm. but when they showed all these styles that you have to know, I'm like, well, obviously a good drummer should be able to play every single thing really well, which should that's be not the case because there's great rock drummers. Yeah. There's great funk drummers. But to me, I'm just like, well, okay, you have to be well-rounded to be considered good because I was young and really didn't know a lot. Mm-hmm. But that and having to learn all the rudiments, it helped me develop a great vocabulary. And yeah. it's not even just for drumming, but when guys play on any instrument, mm-hmm. certain notes they play can resemble certain patterns. Absolutely. Like if they play a high note and a low note and then two high notes, I mean, you can consider that a paradiddle, which is right, left, right, yeah. right. Right. But I mean, you can just kind of phrase that in and really communicate with other players and it makes yeah. you a stronger player. It does. It makes you a stronger player. It makes you a versatile player too. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it teaches you that discipline of being well-rounded. But I think the thing that kind of got me a full circle in like what I do now is um there is um there's this drums drumstick company Vic Firth and they had this yeah. app and it has large series of YouTube videos and one of their side pages, but it was numerous videos in every style and right. I made it a point to watch every single one because mm-hmm. I still had the mentality that yes I want to be able to do everything and I still do, but. Granted, besides little minute stylistic characteristics, there are so many things that they mesh together. Yeah. I mean, you can find some like Latin rhythms and Dixieland type stuff. And of Mm -hmm. course, that translates over to jazz. But I mean, the world's large, but the world is so small. You can, there's only so many things you can pack into a rhythm. There's only so many notes. Yeah, absolutely. Things have to kind of cross over at some point. But at that point, I mean, it was just kind of like, obviously, practice and improve on everything. But just having that vocabulary, as long as you can fit into the style, yeah, it's it's a good thing. So, moving on from that, 
were there any artists that you've played with specifically that have influenced your style or brought out that versatility in you often? Diver- being diverse, I've had to just do that with any band because I've been fortunate enough to play with such a variety. Yeah. You were pretty much a hired gun. Exactly. I yeah. do that pretty much even still to this day. Granted, the main band I'm with is um, a band called the Head Honchos Band. It's a rock yeah. blues band. Them, I, I mean, I have a ball playing with these guys. Mm-hmm. I don't don't necessarily have to worry about diversity, but I really get to just be myself and push myself. Yeah. And that this band has really helped me just kind of make my own like, thing for myself. Just exactly. Be yourself on the kit. Exactly, versus just playing pocket, which there are some gigs where it's required, but this gig, I really just get to be myself and kind of be that outlandish, crazy drummer throwing the sticks, get him stuck in a guitar on the wall, that's happened. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Were there any other artists that you could think of that, um, I guess not, you know, increase your versatility, because as you said, just playing with so many diverse kinds or diverse styles of musicians helped with that versatility helped you gain more control of, you know the kid and all that kind of stuff but was there anyone else that you think kind of pushed you to be a little better i think definitely there's a a progressive metal band that i play with called minds horizon that was a moment where i had to push because i was personally i don't think very good at that time mm-hmm. and i never played double bass I had okay. actually gotten called by the guitar player, yeah, and they were like, you know, we love you, love you to the audition, and it's all odd time signatures, which I was comfortable with, right? But some of these double bass and all the blast beats, I've never done, mm-hmm. so I actually had to teach myself how to play double bass in two weeks, learn three nine to twelve minute songs. Wow, I was sweating. I mean, I remember sitting in my car outside the audition, just like flying through like the different songs on my radio. It's like, come on, don't fuck this up yeah I, mean, I was so nervous and even throughout the time i played with that band there was just a lot of coordination things and kind of oddball things that i really had to work at yeah yeah i mean the band i play with right now i definitely push myself but it's it's not in the exact same ways this one was doing right. things that i've never done and trying to improve on them this one is okay i can do this now how far can i push it to where i'm gonna break yeah. yeah. I mean, like, shit, like, I I play harmonica and drums at the same time with this band. Yeah. I've and, seen that. And I'm just kind of like, I mean, why not? It's like, it's been the spirit of this, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. It's like, go big or go home in this case. Hell yeah. Listen, if you're not giving 100% on the stage, what are you doing on the stage? Mm-hmm. So, moving on from that, then, um, I know we kind of touched on this before, but apart from how music influenced your life and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Were there any other pivotal moments in your life where you feel music played a really important role? Now, Grant, I don't know if this is slightly off topic or not, but a thing that definitely was a pivotal point in just like my musical journey. Yeah. It was um my first drum clinic. The guy's name was Paul Wordico. Okay. Um, I don't, he actually wasn't even a scheduled clinician. He was at the Chicago drum show, which is where this was at. Yeah. But, I guess their clinician had some issue with a flight, and they caught like asked him ten minutes before this time slot. You know, it was yeah. time to do the clinic, and he did this ten minute, fifteen minute solo, 
And he did some bizarre stuff. Not only did he have a drum kit, but he purchased some like oddball instruments from around the thing right. and played them. I mean, well, I don't know if he's played them or not, but he did some incredible things. I mean, just mind blowing. And I was maybe fourteen at the time. I, I I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but I remember he got done with this thing, and he and he went. The whole key to it is just don't think, just play. Just play. Yeah. And Grant, I never really learned, tried to learn licks or or beats at all. Yeah. But when he said that, I'm like, there's no need to at this point. And right. talking Just earlier, let it come and for me talking earlier, that had learned rudiments, had learned styles, that really all incorporated together. Where I had the vocabulary now, just I mean, just kind of speak through my heart, I guess. In that right, because you had the technical skill, mm-hmm. but now. It was a matter of how to put more feeling into it. Exactly. And it, and it translates so much better versus rehearsing a bunch of chops and then this kind of becoming really bland and stale. Yeah. Because people can, I mean, people can feel it. Like there is, like, I'm sure you've heard the interview with um, Joe Satriani. I think it was Richie Blackmore. When yeah. He had yeah, yeah, yeah. played with what, Deep Purple? Yeah. But it was something where he didn't like his playing because it's like, well, it's, you know, too polished mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I mean, I see both sides of it. For me, it's like taking risks is a great thing. Yeah. I mean, someone, even like Hendrix, I mean, was obviously one of the best players who have ever existed. Right. But they would take risks and maybe not always succeed. That's what good music is. I mean, personally, it is putting yourself out there, taking a risk and pushing yourself. I mean, what we've basically talked about. Yeah. But... When I was told that, I followed that ever mm-hmm. since. And with that being said, it's made such a difference because people fortunately enjoy what I do. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely. really amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for one, really enjoy what you do. I mean, I haven't seen you live with a band yet because most of the places you play, I'm not 21 yet, <laughs> so I can't get in. It's okay. I wasn't 21 for a long time. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. And now you're 22, and you're the only guest who's actually brought a bottle of booze to this podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, but yeah, I honestly, I love that we can get really technical on this. I, I love that I can get really technical with you on this episode just because, like, that was a big part of me too growing up. Just, you know. It was that it was that technical proficiency. I mm-hmm. uh, just you know had to be you know had to learn the scales, learn the because as a guitarist you're like you're trying to push yourself again, right? But you're trying to find as many scales to play, as many like different things to do with a guitar, the same way you did with the drums. Mm-hmm. But then like there were some moments where again I threw all that out the window and focused on what I already established and what I already developed in my skill. And, you know, it was a matter of putting some feeling into it. Exactly. And it, it makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. It just makes it real. Yeah. All right. So, and I know we touched on this a little bit too. Uh-oh. Um, you're well-versed with a lot of different styles mm-hmm. and genres, right? Um, I mainly know you as, you know, this big 80s hair metal rock. You're, you've been on that kick since, like, forever, for me at least. Like, Out since I've met you. Yeah. Every time we would get together, I spent more time in your apartment than I did in mine. 
And I keep saying this because... Oh, I know this. Trust me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but there was... Like, every time we got together, we would either... Just BS about some musical thing, whether it was absolutely. like drooling over some like cool guitar or some cool some cool video. guitar, some cool like drum thing, or like even when we would play together, we would just go off like just rip ideas from one another and mm-hmm. just keep going at it. And again, I spoke about that collaborative spirit between us, and I love that I got the chance to do that with you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, listen, you're like, I'm not kidding. You're one of the most, like, you're one of the most technically proficient drummers I've seen. But you add so much depth and, you know, like, you tell a story through the drums. Like, it's insane. Absolutely wonderful. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we've either talked about music every time we got together. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or, like, even now, we would go down play pool and we would throw like some and find random records and go oh have you seen the video for this exactly yeah we like have you seen the (laughs) video for this have you heard this song we'd play it while we're playing pool and everything and it's just the coolest thing and getting yelled at by the staff (laughs) yeah but like i said i know you as that big 80s hair metal 80s like hard rock guy Mm -hmm. but is there a genre or style of music um, that you love, that you feel like is really personal to you, but when other people, you know, hear that you like it, they just cannot picture it with you. They're <laughs> like, there's no way you like that. Is there that one genre for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Country. Country. I feel that. Like, I look at you right now, and I'm like... Oh, you don't see the cowboy hat? Okay, I could I could see it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... For me, like, I play with a few country bands, um, mm-hmm. Hazard County, and there's a house band for a really awesome line dance club. Yeah. And I believe the band, they call themselves Hollow Point. Right. But I've, there has always been kind of a certain place for country for me. Like, I remember being a little kid, and I didn't really think I liked country too much, but there are specific songs I just think were cool. But, yeah. like, I was in, like, Jamie Johnson... I got into Eric Church from my uncle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like Merle Haggard, Aaron Lewis. Right, right. Absolutely. And stuff like that. Nitty um, Gritty Dirt Band. God, yeah. that's a mouthful. Yeah. So like country, but more of like the country rock. kind of. In some thing. ways. I mean, I can yeah. even do some like the bluegrass stuff even. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's, I love that all those. bluegrass stuff. Oh, <laughs> dude. So good. Holy so good. shit, those dudes are so good. Yeah. I mean, j- the proficiency so it takes is insane. Mm-hmm. The proficiency and it's so natural to it. They exude confidence. Like it's so good. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, a good bluegrass band is just insane. <laughs> yeah. And I know we talked about this too a little bit, mm-hmm. but from then to now, you know, you were exposed to so many different styles. But right now, especially with your work with head honchos and you know, the other bands that you're playing with and stuff. How has how do you feel like your music is at tastes has changed or evolved over time? I really haven't changed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what, I mean, that's what I would say about you. Like, you've maintained those same like roots, but you, I think you've definitely explored a lot more styles, and you've definitely brought in a, mm-hmm. a bunch List, of more styles. Listening to music, I mean, I'm mostly rock, country, blues, 
punk and metal. Yeah. But listening to stuff, like, I remember turning 18, and, I mean, I was, like, trying to study videos that even, like, I was doing just to improve like myself stuff, as a player. Yeah. But kind of watching, and I'm like, you know, I see them learning stuff, but it, it was just kind of gibberish. It was all over the place. <clears throat> it's kind of random. So I just kind of wanted to focus on getting back to my roots, as cheesy as that sounds. Yeah. No, absolutely. But I'm like, I don't consider myself just a rock drummer, but mm-hmm. that is what I come from. So why not incorporate that? I mean, absolutely. in any videos that someone might see, you see all the stick tricks and stuff, but that's just what I started off with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember seeing like videos on MTV when they would have the occasional airbangers ball thing when I was a little yeah. kid. Like, I remember seeing Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It. Oh. And right before they go on the chorus, what drummer flips his sticks and just like, smashes the shit out of the symbols with his hand. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but it, wow. it was just cool. It was different. Yeah. I got to ask, you know, we talk about like the drum tricks and like mm-hmm. just going at it on the kit. Have you ever been like a Keith Moon or like Dave Grohl Nirvana-esque kind of thing where you're just like smashing drums and all that kind of stuff? Occasionally. I mean, I've had it sometimes where like I'll lose a stick or break a stick and I just... Oh, I know how many sticks you've broken. Oh, yes. It's, I've seen the it's collection. pretty ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> but I'm like, I'll hit the symbol with my hand. I have um, like a little stand I got from a good buddy that played with Sun Seals. It's yeah. just a little, little, I think it's a Yamaha stand. Mm-hmm. But when I got it, I'm like, it's super light. And I saw, uh, it was a magazine cover of Mike Portnoy throwing yeah. the symbol stand in the air. Don't ask how it connected within that moment. Because I got it at a gig 15 minutes before that said oh gig. My God. And I'm like, I okay. know what I want to do with it. So I literally picked it up, just flipped it around, and it. smashed it into <gasps> another symbol. Oh my goodness. It was, I still do it. I don't do it a lot because I don't want, I mean, especially if I'm doing a more simple gig, someone to turn around and go, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. Oh <laughs> but, my goodness. But it's like stuff like that. So I'm like, it's different. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. If it gets the job done, it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Right? I love it. And then, based on that, how do you feel like the current landscape of music is do you feel where and where do you think it is headed or should be headed because i know what you're gonna say you're gonna say we need more rock like harder rock i can't even i can't even honestly say that like i'm not really up to date with music stuff i know there's a lot of rappers named little or big something i have no fucking clue what the hell is going on with modern music to be honest i I like the stuff I like, and grant, I, there's I play with a lot of musicians that you know are that are older, so I pick up a lot more influence in music from them, or even stuff like me and my dad just happen to find. Right, absolutely. Where is music gonna go? I have absolutely no clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I guess whatever next trend they find, I mean, it is unpredictable after a certain point. Right. The only thing I wish, I don't know, stuff be more about music, less quantizing, less absolute perfection mm-hmm. auto-tune embrace some of the mistakes and some of the humanity of music because it makes Absolutely. it real music yeah and i talked about this with julia last episode too thing about auto-tune and just like those heavy editing and like the heavy use of effects and stuff but it takes the soul like the light out of the music and it doesn't it makes it a commercial um thing instead of this art form that exactly is you know that i don't have the word. creativity is not embraced and i mean there's 
granted, I'm not going to name songs, but there are songs like over the past like two years I've even heard yeah. where like the chorus is just a drum beat and vocals. And mm-hmm. the vocals are literally just spoken word, not even actual singing. Yeah. Okay, I'll say it. There is some, I think it was like a Taylor Swift song that, ooh, look what you made me do. <laughs> Yeah. And like the build up, I'm kind of like, okay, it's kind of cool. Like it was pretty lively. Yeah. And it went to the chorus. I'm like, that is trash. What the heck? <laughs> See, I caught myself. You caught yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, are you serious? You're that damn lazy. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I feel that. Power Tour ever wrote the song, mm-hmm. but it's like, just, I don't know. It has gotten really lazy. Absolutely. Because it's so much more accessible now, too. Oh, exactly. Yeah. With so many people being able to have home studios, so many DAWs that are made at a reasonable price and yeah. stuff. I mean, pretty much anyone can make music. I mean, GarageBand. You can make a song on your iPad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is really, I mean, truly amazing how, how technologically mm-hmm. we have advanced so much in music. But it's also really made us digress. Yeah, because there's so much less creativity, and everyone's trying to chase the a fucking trend that's literally gonna die out and move mm-hmm. on to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel that too. But I could make some form of an argument for the digital side as well, <clears throat> because there are definite moments, or there are artists and songs where you know that use of effects or that yes. use of audio stuff is used really, really creatively. Oh, no, I definitely do agree. It's just what we have, I guess, like, top 40s, granted, I haven't seen it in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. Our most consistent stuff is pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. No, there are obviously plenty of artists that do incredible things, and unfortunately, those people aren't popular, which they should be. Right. They should be more embraced about music instead of some crazy-ass-looking person. Yeah. It's it's become way more commercialized exactly. and way more corporate in a sense. Yes. Rather than definitely leaving it rather than making it about what really matters, which is the music. Oh, exactly. As an art form. Yeah, it shouldn't be about corporate fame or money if yeah, if it isn't about the music, you're just gonna end up being miserable. I mean truly. Mm-hmm. I mean it's a lot of we both know it's a lot of hard work and we have a ball doing it, but if you're doing it for different reasons, it's It ain't worth it. It really isn't. I fucking went off script too. Mm-hmm. Like I went really off script because we were talking about the technicality of like just musicianship and all that kind of stuff too. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is awesome because I don't normally get to talk about that kind of stuff. Right. Like, like the other people I've had on so far before you, I've talked to Ambria, Harper, Matt, and Julia. Gotcha. And you know, some of them have some musical background, like Ambria used to play cello. She still kind of does. Julia used to play violin a little bit. 
Matt has no experience whatsoever. Now that Harper, I mean Harper, act, I, like surprised me because he started talking about the older blues stuff, like like modern. No, he started talking about like modern blues, like you know, electric blues, and like Delta blues and stuff. And I was like, shit, it was so good. So we've talked about a lot, actually. I love how technical we got with the terms and everything, but now it is time. For the lightning round. Oh, boy. Are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. Awesome. 11 <laughs> questions, 11 answers. Let's do this. All right. Number one, your favorite current artist. So it could be up and coming or someone who's already established but still making music today. Blackstone Cherry. Yeah. It's a southern hard rock or metal. I don't know what you would consider them, but they mm-hmm. kick ass. Yeah. They've been around for like... They've been around for a bit, I think, like the early 2000s is when they started out. Yeah. But, man, killer live performance, super mm-hmm. cool dudes. I mean, I follow them all on Instagram like the fangirl I am. <laughs> but they are super yeah. cool. Awesome. Awesome. Moving on to number two, kind of piggybacking off of that idea. Your favorite artist but from the past. Could be dead, could be alive, could be... But it has to be... I mean, not has to be, but it can be someone who's not making music today, but who had... A really established career. My first favorite guy was Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. I mean, I was huge on Ozzy Grant. Like, I liked Motley Crue and all that stuff. And, I mean, I mean, really liked him. Yeah. But Ozzy was so fucking cool. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many different stages of his music from, I mean, the very beginning where it's, ah. From a solo career, like Blizzard Mm -hmm. of Oz. Yeah. Like, with Randy Bros and all that. That was, like... From that, Zach oh. Wild, but like Zach Wild, there's a lot more heavier stuff. Yeah, Randy Rhodes, absolutely. I mean, granted, Randy, yeah. Randy, and Rhodes you can he- you Randy can hear Rhodes. that evolution, yeah. But you can exactly. hear that evolution yes. in those records. Like you think about Blizzard of Oz in 1980, mm-hmm. like you can hear that Randy Rhodes effect that it had on that record. And then no more tears, no more tears, oh, exactly yeah. with Zach Wild, and it's insane. I mean, it's still among the realm of metal, but it's much more versatile. Yes. In a sense, too. Absolutely. Okay. Moving on to number three. The last concert you've been to? Or let's reword this, actually, for you. The last concert you've played? So, like, the last show you've played? Oh. And the fa- your favorite show that you've played? Oh, that's hard. Because, Yeah. I, no, I I might get you with that. No, I'll but. answer like your the first part of the question. Of yeah, my yeah, last yeah. concert. My last concert was when I was sixteen. People, I'm twenty two now. Yeah, was Motley Crue on their you know Ooh. their final tour before yeah. now they're touring again. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. It was so cool. Ooh. It was a birthday present. We saw them in August. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> my junior year of high school. God. What's the last concert you played? Last concert I it's probably last weekend played. Yeah. Yeah. It was that um actually yeah the place was super cool it was this place called a Midway Tavern out in Mishawaka Indiana okay um basically I think it was open in 1924 but there have been so many people who have come through and not only musicians like Al Capone was even served there wow like so the, some of the names and there's names all over the walls of people that have played there yeah and it is insane I mean it's funny to see how many people that. I've actually played with like Mike Wheeler and stuff who right, I see their names. Right. I'm like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> but oh, it was such a cool place. I yeah. mean, it, and it was, um, actually a house 
in a residential area. Granted, wow. they built onto this house right, to a right. concert hall. Yeah. But, oh, it was so cool. Love it. Love it. And your favorite concert that you've been to or played, either one? Oh, favorite was probably Motley Crue. Yeah. Concert I've played. Oh, dude, that is hard. Yeah. I would assume you don't have to answer. It. God, I'm I honest, not gonna let you. There, there are so I'm many things that I've enjoyed, and there's so many things that are honestly a blur because I've been been very fortunate enough to play so much. Yeah, and you played so many different styles too. Like, how do you dissect that? How do you, you know? Okay, I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna make you answer. <laughs> that. Don't worry. Thank you. All right, moving on to number four. If there was one artist you could bring back from death, who would it be? Probably John Bonham. John Bonham. Like I said, I wasn't maybe a major fan of him at the beginning, and not because any skill or anything. I just kind of, just kind of went. Ooh, it wasn't look, what you shiny. gravitated towards, and yeah. ran towards something else. Yeah. But it's like I, he's John Bonham. What what else can I fucking say? Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most influential exactly. drummers of all time. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number five, the number one song. We could find on your road trip playlist. <laughs> so this is kind of funny. I have a um, a CD in my car, and it was actually when I was playing with some some band, bands out in Northwest Indiana, yeah. and we'd have the PA. We'd play some music just to keep people preoccupied. But we right. like to pick oddball songs. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this this song is so funny to hear. It's like it's. The CD is always in my car, and it's just a random thing of songs. Yeah. But it's by this country guy named Ray Scott, and it's called The Ugly One. Okay. <laughs> it is so bad. It's funny as hell. Oh, my goodness. Basically, I guess um, it's about a dude that goes to a bar with his buddy, and they're trying to pick up a girl for him. Mm-hmm. And the girl that they see, the woman next door that's kind of her wingman or whatever, yeah. is The Ugly One. But now he's such a super smart writer because right. it turns back around and she calls, you know, the wingman for the guy. Yeah. The ugly one. So, I mean, the guy, wow. I mean, it's really smart writing. It's, it doesn't piss anyone off to a certain degree. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's a funny song. I love it. Love it. <laughs> and I've been in that situation. <laughs> oh, Let's so, not get into that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right, so moving on. I mean, we kind of alluded to this before as well, but what's your least preferred genre of shallow music? <laughs> you already know the answer, hip hop. Yeah. I like. I can get into like very early hip hop, but now, mm. hell no. No, the shit they put out now. Not gonna lie, it's fucking trash. It's not that. It great. is. It really isn't. Whew. Yeah. There's, there's not much to say about that. This, it's just not... Agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to number seven. A song that can make you cry instantly or get you in the feels, like, instantly. And you just can't get out of it, kind of. A song that can make me cry like a bitch is... um, It's a Zach Brown Band song called um, My Old Man. Okay. Which, I mean, pretty exclamatory. It's about the dude's dad. Eventually, the song gets to you know wish you know wish his dad was still there, and I'm 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 actually really close with my parents. They have supported me and put up with so much shit. I mean, yeah. they are great, but 
Right. I hang out with my dad quite a bit, and man, that that song kills me. Yeah. I mean, regardless of any time, like if mm-hmm. I hear it, I'm done. Yeah. Respect your parents, kids. I have to say it. Come on, like no, yeah, no. Us as musicians, the amount of crap that we've put our parents through, like with you know, you're like with the gigging and. Tell the- me, I have drums in the basement. How yeah. I don't get shot to the floorboards, amazing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's insane. God, I'm not quiet. Yeah. No, but we, <laughs> like, at least I am eternally grateful to them. Especially for letting me embark on this journey. Mm-hmm. And letting me do yes. this creative thing that I wanted to do. And without them, it would not have been possible. Yes, I have been very, very fortunate. Yeah. I mean, even family support, but those two, I mean, have made such a big difference. I'm... Very fucking lucky for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very fortunate. Yeah. And then moving on from that into a more major tone. Well, oh, God. Yes, I had to throw it in there. Anyway, number eight. Um, give me a song that you can't stop dancing to or that just gets you feeling happy, pumped up, hyped, whatever you want to call it. <sighs> See, Damn, I thought this would be easy hard. for you. Because there could be so many rocks on that you could just be like... Because there's yes. so many. That's the hard part. True. I guess one that I listen to, and actually it's from this band, Blackstone Cherry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, the song's I believe it's called Killing Floor. Okay. believe that's what it's called. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm actually going to look it up real quick. Yes. We're looking it up. We're doing research. I condoned research on this I have, podcast. I have terrible memory, people. Just it's fine. I condone <laughs> research. The our like our past okay. guests. Yep. The song research. is called Killing Floor, but oh my god. <laughs> it is heavy as shit. It's awesome. Love it. Love it. What do you feel when you listen to that? Just super hyped, super pumped. Head bang like a dork. <laughs> Love it. Uh. <laughs> All right. Moving to number nine. And we haven't talked about this much. So oh, I'm god. I'm uh, interested. Have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm interested in what you have to say about this or what your answer would be. But give me your favorite movie soundtrack and your favorite movie score. Favorite soundtrack, um, Hans Zimmer. Oh, my God. Oh, Sherlock Holmes. Wouldn't that be underscore, though? Technically? Whatever it is. But, oh, that has some really cool music. The it's score, kinda, yeah. Kind of quirky. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. But oh, it's it is so cool. It just fits. Yeah, love it. Um, and then what about your sound like favorite soundtrack? Just like a compilation of songs that you've heard in movies. Or I don't have one off the top of my head. I mean, Grant, something like Forrest Gump. It's all like you know. Yeah. Protest songs with that, but of course it's like you know, Fortunate Son and songs mm-hmm. like that. Fortunate Son, all along the washout, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff as well. Yep. So something like that would be your like Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're all good songs, clearly. Mm-hmm. So I mean I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Oh. That and from the movie um Rockstar. Yeah. With Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome soundtrack. <laughs> I love it. It's badass. It now is that I think of it, it is badass. That's probably my it's favorite so actually. Sick. Yeah. All right, moving on to number ten. Your favorite era of music, and I know the answer to this immediately. <laughs> huh? Hold on, that's a hard one. The eighties. Yeah. Just, oh. just look at pictures. 
Go on Facebook, look at pictures. Oh, it is brutally obvious. Oh, go on Facebook, look at pictures, <laughs> and then look at a picture of Will, and you will know. <laughs> and you hope your screen doesn't crack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. All right. It's a look. It, yeah. Hey, you pull it off. So Granted, it's not the, the 25 gallons of hairspray on my hair anymore. True. I'm not oh, burning a hole in the ozone layer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. And then moving on to our last question. The greatest album, in your opinion. So it's not an album that you'd be like, ooh, I like a couple of songs on this. And, you know, it's not like that. It's an album that you can listen to on repeat over and over and over again and never get tired of it. So I have... I have two, and yeah. I'll go with the one, and it's not even trying to self. Both. It's go not even both. trying to self promote. But this both. band I play with is the Head Honchos. Okay, it's a killer band. But how I actually met the band is, I was friends with a bass player that joined up with them, and he gave me a CD. Yeah, and it was awesome. I mean, I had it in my mom's car in the garage, and cranked the stereo all the way up, shook the house. It was oh, excuse me, shook the house. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. I became such a huge fan of the band, of course. Had to go out. We met each other, and after a little bit, we actually got to connect. Yeah. But that record, there's not one bad bad song on there. I mean, every single song is good, and there's such a variety. It is awesome. Love that. For, I guess, more popular bands, and I've especially listened to a lot of songs off that record lately, Mm -hmm. is um, No More Tears. That yeah. whole record, Mr. Tinker Train, stuff yes. like that. Oh. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, it's like that kind of the heavier side with Ozzy, yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, because, you know, Blizzard of Oz explored that kind of more melodic side to Ozzy's sound. Versus all the crazy harmonic squeals and everything with Zach yeah. Wild. Zach Wild I mean. is a wild man. Fun, fully intended. I had to do it. All right. And with that, that brings us to the end of the lightning round. And that also caps off this episode. Thank you so much for thank you. You know, being here. I love that we really got into the technical aspects of, of everything we talked about. And yeah, that's I really don't have much to say. It was I loved it because, you know, just because that technical aspect we talked about i love that we have kind of that sacred bond as musicians that it really speaks to us as people and as collaborators oh yeah and all that kind of stuff um shit there's nothing more i can say apart from i mean before we formally end this i'm gonna hand it over to you tell the people what you've got going on and you know just yeah, go for it. Shoot for the stars. Next bit, next biggest thing, um, like even like CD wise, the Head Honchos band actually has a CD coming out in June. Please definitely check it out. Check out our website for gigs, and even check out my Facebook page. I try to post as many gigs a week as I can. I'll be setting up a new YouTube soon, so I'll be getting videos from numerous bands I play with, mm-hmm. as well as drum covers. Um, Thank you for everyone who is listening to this that follows me. I mean, you guys have made this pretty fucking awesome. (laughs) 
And I've been really lucky to do a lot of the things I've done between gigs, recordings, musicals, radio work. Yeah. Even even the one film score, actually. <laughs> Wait, you did a film score? Yeah. What? When? Last year on harmonica. Whoa. Uh-huh. Yeah, the party I used to play with Smoke and Tones, and he had asked me to do a harmonica thing for it. How the hell have I not heard about this? <laughs> well, I don't know, because I only played for three months and went, Why did you pick me? <laughs> Wow, I but love it. Thank you to everyone who supports me. Go support yeah. this guy. <laughs> and thank you. to thank anyone you. who actually ends up following me, thank you to you too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's been a blast, and there's definitely more to come. Yeah, and, and of course, thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, thank you, mom and dad. I mean, both are moms and dads, but yeah. for not killing me yet. It's good to be alive this long. True. Oh yeah. Absolutely. But, no, yeah. I love it. Um. Yeah. Go Thanks support him. Go everybody. follow him. I'll have links up in the descriptions and everything. But oh my god, I just hit the mic. Ha! <laughs> huh. Oh my god. No, but yeah, go. You know, support this guy. He is, again, like I said, one of the most profound drummers I have the pleasure of knowing. And actually playing with and like the stuff we've done together. It's it's so much fun. We've just played covers together, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> the about same it. cover four times for the same professor. That is true. <laughs> that was the funniest shit ever. Oh yes. But it was <laughs> super fun. And I had a blast doing it. I had a blast recording with you. You know, just yeah. doing all like your recording <laughs> stuff. And I had a blast like when you agree to do like some of the stuff for me as well and yeah i hope we can you know keep jamming and stuff because you're leaving soon you're graduating in may and i'm not gonna see you like it's it's starting to set in now <laughs> and i'm like shit like try to make the most of it while we can right but yeah thank you so much again for being oh, here thank you man this it was, was fun so sick and to whoever is listening, yeah, thank you for doing so. I love you all. Um, again, go follow Will Wyatt on whatever, because his shit's good. It's good. And definitely check out the Head Honcho's record coming out in June as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you'll have details up on that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, that has been the end and we will see you next time